going on guys welcome back it's episode 33 if you are an american happy independence day if you are not happy tuesday i hope that you are enjoying the start to the week so far i definitely know that i am over this past weekend i went camping in the southeast of germany near dresden it's an area called i'm going to butcher this if you're german i'm sorry sexitious fights which means Saxony, Switzerland. It's a very confusing name for a place because it's not in Switzerland. It's still very much in Germany. Uh, It's like nowhere near Switzerland. But uh, it's a super beautiful area, and I highly recommend going there. The campsite that we went to was nestled along a river. It was really a beautiful area. You could see um, these houses on the other side and also some castles as well and the campsite itself was just very peaceful there was uh, an area as i mentioned along the river to actually put your tent but there was also a hostel on the grounds and there was also like a little barbecue area i went with my friend mike ali and zach and uh yeah we pretty much just like spent We only spent one night there, and uh, the first four hours of us being there, we spent hiking. So we went up this super, you know, peaceful and scenic hiking route that ended with us having this, like, mountain view of the entire area. We were pretty much almost as high as you could go in that area. And um, as we were, like, climbing up this trail, uh, I noticed that there was a giant boulder that looked pretty easy to climb up. So I climbed up it. When I got to the top of this boulder, there was a German dude wearing a gas mask. Still have no idea why he was wearing a gas mask. I did not see a bong attached to the gas mask. Maybe some people just really thought that COVID got much worse or that uh, Russia had already dropped a nuke on us. I'm not really sure why he was wearing it. But it was really impressive because it was a hot day and it must have taken a lot of effort for him to not only carry the gas mask up there, but then to also fasten it to his face and just sit there instead of breathing in the fresh air, breathing in his own air. So I was very impressed. It gave me very strong World War I vibes. And uh, yeah, I, I felt very historical being up on that boulder. So when we got back to camp, um, we actually, we had like this like little cookout. We almost didn't make it back to camp, I should say, because my friend Zach wanted us to go a different route back. He thought that we could cut across rather than following the road, cut across this like little forested area. What ended up happening was we had to walk through like completely un- I don't want to say uncharted because it wasn't like we were in the middle of the wilderness, but it was not a trail. It was just the woods and we're just like trapsing through the woods and I was covered in ticks 
and we finally reached our campsite, but the problem was that we were literally still on a mountain, and we could not climb down the mountain, even though the campsite was right there. We had to go around, so that was like a little bit frustrating, but as usual, Zach pulled us out of that shitty situation, and we quickly found our way back to the road, so super grateful. Shout out, Zach. You're my boy. Thank you. And also shout out to the homies for making that trip happen. That was just very, very, um, very much needed. I didn't even realize how much I, I wanted or needed um, nature. Anywho, when we actually did return, we had a nice barbecue. It was just us four hanging out, eating like way too much food. Um, we bought like 150 euros worth of food at a grocery store and split it between us. And I'm telling you, it was enough food probably for six or seven people, but we made do and we devoured it. And uh, we listened to some country music and, you know, it was like a proper 4th of July weekend in Germany. And uh, after that, you know, we just, we drank a lot. It was just a good time. We were all telling stories and cracking jokes and there was like a fire nearby and yeah, it was it was just a great time. And then uh, <clears throat> we went to sleep. The next morning we woke up, we went for another little hike to a town nearby. We went to a restaurant and then we headed home uh, to go back to Berlin. So I would say it was a very nice weekend. I didn't get much sleep, um, admittedly, and it was definitely not the kind of restorative sleep that I probably needed after working. I think I haven't taken a proper holiday since January or December, but it is what it is. I, uh, I'm just grateful that I had the chance to go out there and to see some nature. Anyway, it is, as I mentioned, I think already, it is my first week of self-employment. So I don't have anybody who is asking for internal meetings. There's nothing blocked on my calendar except for calls that I'm having with clients, prospective clients, I should say. And there are a bunch of things that I need to get started um, just so that I have all of my ducks in a row. But I'm in a great mood, just really, really happy and super grateful to you know be in this position where I can be my own boss. What's funny is like, I used to think about working for a company for the rest of my life, always had that in my mind. And when I was at Google, it was pretty easy to see that as like a real possibility because I knew that the benefits would be great and that the pay would only improve. I mean, of course, right? But uh, it seemed somehow feasible. What I realized though, over time, is that I need variety. And being your own boss is great because you can decide which projects you work on and which clients you work with and what the process is actually going to look like for your job. You can define your job, essentially. And because you become the boss or because you are the boss, you get to decide who you hire and eventually you can hire people who might even be better at certain things than you are to make your life a lot easier so you can focus on the things that excite you more. So um, 
now that I'm actually in this mindset where I have my own business and I'm very, very excited about the next steps, I'm almost like, damn, why didn't I do this before? When I was at Google, I had a side business that I was working on, but it was really just side income. And I wasn't able to commit that much time to it. And it kind of also felt a little bit silly because I was getting paid so much more by Google than I was my side business. And a lot of people create side businesses that they can make more money at. Um, and that's usually the justification for them to take it full time. But yeah, that was not really the case for me. And uh, I eventually stopped doing that company or stopped working for it um, altogether. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, I moved to Germany. So that, uh, that dream kind of ended there. But this new dream is even better, I have to say. It's just so much cooler to be fully committed to this and to know that whatever happens with this business is 100% within my control. Uh, of course, you know, things can happen like a nuclear apocalypse or, uh, you know, a depression that wipes out everyone's, you know, savings or whatever. But as far as my skill set, I'm a salesperson by trade and there should never be a reason why I'm not able to have clients. Like I, I always have, I've always been very good at building a pipeline and I've been building a pipeline for months now. I literally just have companies that I reach out to that get back to me that say, yes, let's set up a call. And every week I usually have somewhere between two and let's say seven calls. When I was still in my previous company, I was taking those calls sometimes on the weekends, sometimes after work, but obviously now I can take them whenever. And I just prefer to have those calls in the afternoon so that I can do the things uh, that require full focus and attention in the morning because that's when I have the most energy. I'm just so excited. It just feels very nice um, to know that I'm like committed to this and that I finally took these, these steps. Because let me tell you, if you haven't started a company and you're listening to this, you go through different stages. At least I did. I went through different stages of... Um, I don't know, you call it stages of processing the emotion. So in the beginning of starting the company, I was just extremely excited before I gave my notice. I was thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give my notice and I'm going to um, convert my visa over to a self-employed visa. Then when I got closer to giving notice, I of course started asking myself questions like, am I actually going to succeed with this, blah, blah, blah. But that, that ended pretty shortly after it began. I gave my notice and that's when the real doubt set in. So when I gave my notice, my manager, who's also one of my very close friends, uh, he's also the founder of the previous company, you know, he was very supportive from the beginning, which made my life so much easier. And in addition to that, he also gave great advice and was... Um, he's just very business minded. So like if I asked him a question, I always felt like he was able to give me at least the, the next breadcrumb that I would need um, to make my way down this path that I'm on. And I started to like wonder if I was doing the right thing, but I knew that it was too late and that's key. I knew it was too late to go back. 
And because of that, I kind of had no choice but to continue moving forward. In the past, I've definitely put myself into positions where I made a lot of progress in a short period of time because I committed to doing something, but then turned around and actually like, you know, um, with my tail in between my legs, went back to where I was to begin with. And it's, it's happened to me with like other businesses, like other side businesses and other opportunities in general. But, uh, you know, I just waited until it felt right for me. And it does, it feels like, like this is where I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I really have no complaints right now. Um, I had, I had had, so going back to like these stages of processing emotions, I had had this period of time where I was just really scared. And when people would ask me like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. How do you feel? I would kind of just be like, huh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of scary. And this one girl that I had talked to on a dating app that I never actually met up with gave me like such great advice. I don't know if you, if you listen to this girl from dating app, um, but she had said to me, hey, don't be, don't be scared. You know, I understand why you're scared, but don't be scared. This is like something that you chose to do. And this is so exciting that you are on this path. And you should just feel super excited and grateful that you have this chance to start this new chapter. And there have been so many people who have been exactly in your position. And it's natural to feel the way that you do. And the way that she said it just really helped me reframe my thinking and uh, and just get excited about it. And that's where I'm at now. I'm still benefiting from that advice. If I find myself in a place where I feel a little bit scared or uncertain or I'm having an off day, I just remember this was my decision to make. And I was also listening to uh, Joe Rogan yesterday um, to like a YouTube video with him in it. And one of the things that he said, which I thought was so important was he said, like, you get so much more out of the challenges that you take on yourself rather than the ones that life throws at you. And I really believe that as well, because obviously in life you have no control over, uh, the weather, you have no control over, you know, what the people in your, in your life are doing because everybody has to live their own life. Um, people make decisions all the time that might make your life harder. Uh, there are market forces that can make your life harder. There's system, systemic and systemic. There are systems in place that, you know, do not necessarily benefit one individual and depends on like what you want and how you feel, but you might be on the opposite side of, you know, some kind of policy. Uh, so it kind of just hurts you. But anyway, the point is when you, do something for yourself that's extremely challenging and you commit to doing that thing, even though you kind of know what the risks are, you know, like, yes, this is hard as shit. It's really scary. You might not survive. Um, but you also know that it's something that you chose to do for yourself. And there's a certain level of power that comes from that because you could have made the decision to just be an employee for the rest of your life and to kind of make other people wealthy and to have things the easy way. But when you choose actively to make things a little bit harder in your life, it just feels rewarding. And uh, I highly recommend to anybody who's like considering some difficult challenge in their life, 
I really do recommend giving it some extra thought and seeing if it is something that you would actually look back on later in your life and be grateful for. Because that's the way that I think at least is like, I know my death is inevitable. I know that getting older is inevitable. And all I'm trying to optimize for is a long life full of peace and serenity and happiness. I think peace and serenity are the same thing. Peace, harmony, and happiness. And I just want to know that I did everything I could when I was younger to give myself and my family the best life that I could. And um, especially if I end up going to hell, I just don't want to be, I want to be like the only happy person in hell or one of very many happy people in heaven. I don't know. I don't know if I would go to hell. I think I'm a pretty good person, but I think a lot of people in hell thought that they were good people. Um, <laughs> I was going to, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. It was a bad joke. I don't want to compare myself to that person. Anywho, moving on. So yeah, um, day two of being an entrepreneur in October, I have this huge trip planned to the States, which I'm very excited about. Going to be going to, um, let me count. Gonna go to New York, Boston. Uh, sorry, New York City, Boston, uh, Michigan, Chicago, uh, Colorado, Texas. I think, I think that's it. I think we're going to six states. Um, super pumped about that and multiple cities within those states. So in Chicago, or sorry, in Illinois, for instance, we're going to go to Chicago and we're going to go to Naperville, which is like a suburb that I think is going to have really amazing Halloween decorations I'm hoping for. So yeah, six states is a lot. It's like the most I've ever been to, I think in any one trip, maybe other than when my mom used to take us on road trips but we didn't really stop very often on road trips. I think it was all about just trying to be economical and get my mom's uh, old school Cadillac from A to B. So this is exciting. And I think in the future, we'll probably do a road trip where we go to the South. Um, yeah, probably just, I don't know, probably next year. Um, but that's something that I realize I do a lot is that I think a lot about the future. So you know, just going to try to be a little bit more mindful of that because it's so easy to fantasize about what could be rather than focusing on what is at this moment. All right. I needed a water break. I'm sorry if that, um, if those three or four seconds disarmed you a bit. Um, sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, there will be an advertisement and there will be a break like that. And I'll, and then the advertisement will come and I'll just be so disappointed. So I don't think I have advertisements. I don't know how to enable them. I don't think any companies want to sponsor me yet, but I, I might just start creating my own advertisements and uh, hopefully that'll catch the eye. Maybe I can create commercials for brands and then they'll be like, we'll pay you for that commercial. I don't know. Obviously I'm joking. I really don't want to make this uh, a bad listening experience. So Luckily, the software that I use doesn't allow you to hear all of the times that I gulp down coffee or chug water. So that's good. Or the times that my dog, you know, tiptoes across the floor and it just sounds like 
a dog wearing high heels, kind of, because her nails just go tuk, 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 tuk. All right, that was a terrible impression of what high heels sound like, but if you close your eyes, you can probably imagine what, what, what they sound like. Anywho, um, so yeah, I have a pretty exciting July in front of me. One of my best friends in the world, Justin, is coming to Berlin in a week and he's going to be here for a week. So we're going to have the chance to hang out a bunch and grab food and maybe go clubbing and maybe go to some bars and that'll be nice. And he's going to be working here. He, uh, he works at Wayfair, so he's going to be in the office, I think three of those days and then two days he's taken off. So I'm really pumped about that. Oh, that was a nice little coffee gulp. One sec, I'm going to do one more. Get another little swig. All right. So, yes. um, Things are moving forward, I would say. Things are moving forward. And uh, I guess um, for this week, what's nice is that I'm going to see the new Indiana Jones movie, although I have literally zero faith that they're not going to fuck it up. They've literally fucked up every every sequel and every remake it feels like for the past few years at least. I tried watching Avatar. I thought it was absolute dog shit, but I knew a lot of people that watched it that said it was great. And then I asked those same people, "Did you watch it while you were high?" And 3 out of 4 of those people said, "Yes, unbearably high" because they all took edibles. So I don't really know if I trust that. I mean, I saw a part of it, but I saw it on my computer. It looked like dog shit. Um, I don't know if I trust that Hollywood is going to, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a Titanic 2 or some shit. I really would not be surprised at this point where Jack actually washed up on shore of a tropical island and he's just trying to get enough money uh, to get back to Rose and nobody believes his story and they're all like, yeah, he's just some washed up drunk. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised at all if that happened. I also just think like in general, when you try to apply like the culture of today onto movies that existed in a previous time, you end up just creating two very different movies. And then by you trying to say that they're part of the same series, you usually just end up fucking up the original because people go, oh, well, the original was good, but the last one put a bad taste in my mouth. And then it's like, I only like half of those movies. You know, I only like half of the, uh, I only like one out of the three movies or one out of the four movies or whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But uh, I think one movie that they did a great job of a sequel for was Top Gun because Top Gun very much still felt like it did originally. I was really impressed by that movie and it just made me feel like there could be hope. But um, definitely I don't feel that way about Indiana Jones because I saw the sequel with Shia LaBeouf from like the early 2000s and I felt like even that one was a little bit eh. And that was before like the culture wars that we're in now. So I could only imagine. I actually would not be surprised if Indiana Jones in this upcoming movie is actually a woman. And 
just like the James Bond, if they hand it over to a woman at some point and then it just becomes like Indiana Jones, but you know, like a woman lead. And for me, there's nothing wrong. I have no problem with women being the lead of any movie, but when you have a movie series that was previously one character, it actually doesn't matter if it's male or female. What's annoying is like when they change the character at all, because you've already invested so much time and energy. For instance, James Bond is a wonderful example. When Pierce Brosnan was James Bond, that was the James Bond that I knew when I was growing up. And I invested so much time and energy into that character. You know, I played the video game GoldenEye and I really loved um, the way that he kind of carried himself. I just loved that bond. Then when Daniel Craig took over as James Bond, it took a really long time for me to accept him because I had only associated Pierce Brosnan with James Bond. So yeah, I, I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but like, you know, it was like when they replaced Aunt Vivian in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and you were just supposed to pretend like Aunt Vivian had been a completely different person the entire show. So that was, that was a little rough. That was a little rough. And I really would not be surprised if they somehow fuck up in the entire Indiana Jones franchise by doing something where they like go back in time and Indiana Jones is like actually the most woke uh, white professor in the 1950s, I think the series takes place, maybe the 1920s, the maybe the 1930s, the original one. I think that's when it takes place, maybe the 1930s, because I think that there's Nazis in it. Um, so it could have been like the late 30s or the early 40s, but I don't really know. The point that I'm trying to make is sometimes things are just really not broken. And by you trying, by Hollywood or like, you know, the production companies trying to, in quotes, fix them, it just ends up like killing it altogether. It would be so much easier to just like let things go and just say, okay, there's not going to be a sequel to this movie because this movie would not make sense in today's culture, in today's climate. A good, a good, another good example of this would be Tropic Thunder. Uh, one of my buddies just watched Tropic Thunder for the first time. And it's the kind of movie that obviously you would not make that movie today. It's very unlikely that that movie would get greenlit, greenlit anywhere. Uh, anywhere in Hollywood, I should say. And if you tried to make a sequel of that movie, you would have to tone the movie down so much that it would no longer have its original appeal. And I don't think the original audience would like it. And I don't think that the um, audience that they're trying to tailor it to would like it either because of its original, you know, it would be hard for them to want to see a movie sequel to a movie that maybe offends them. So yeah, uh, I'm not in Hollywood. I am also not a movie director yet. So I have no idea, you know, what it's like to play those politics. But one day if I do direct a movie, I just want it to be super fucked up and, uh, and authentic. And, you know, even if, even if, even if I can't make money off of it, as long as I feel like I got to do something that was creative and fun, I think that would be enough for me. Oh, wow, guys. July 4th. Can't believe it. 
I remember when I was a little kid on July 4th, we used to go see the fireworks in the after hours at the local yacht club because it was the it was the beach that was the closest to where we lived. And we would just walk down there and we would just sit on the sand. It was funny because there was a pier in between the yacht club and the bay. And you, if you weren't a yacht club member, you couldn't go past the pier. Um, but when I was a little boy, I didn't realize that there were like differences like that. I didn't know that there were rules against it. Uh, so I used to go over there sometimes. And I also used to go fishing on the pier, which was property of the yacht club. And I knew that there were a lot of wealthy people there. So there was this like one time when I was in sixth grade, I think I just put on like my nicest shirt, like a polo and you know, whatever for shorts. I don't remember what I wore. And I just like walked over there with my fishing pole and a bucket. And I just sat on the pier and I just fished and nobody gave me any trouble because they just assumed that I was a member there. Um, probably because why the fuck would a child just randomly go onto a pier where are your parents? Yeah, that was probably what would have run through their mind if they had found out that I wasn't a member there. And I remember I came home with a bucket full of snappers, of like red snappers. It's the kind of fish that we have uh, on Long Island. Yeah, I was so proud, uh, but I didn't know how to actually um, scale fish. So I think one of my mom's friends might have helped me with it. I definitely didn't touch those. I, like once I caught them, I, I didn't touch them. Um, But yeah, the point is, 4th of July definitely used to have some some great memories for me. When I was like little, it was watching the fireworks and there were always, it was always like there was like a girl or something that I was into um, on the 4th of July because, yeah, when you go see the fireworks, you tend to see a lot of, you know, girls from your class or it's in the summer, so you see girls that you might have met over the summer, or you go there with them um, even. And the older I got, it became more about like going to parties and seeing women that I was into at that time at the party. And I just remember always like praying in my little virgin lizard brain, like praying that I would have sex on the 4th of July, not because of like the significance of breaking free from the tyranny of virginity, but more because it was, there was a girl around and there was like a possible opportunity to make that happen. Um, but sadly it never did. Uh, I, I did not have sex on the 4th of July. I've actually, I don't think I've ever had sex on the 4th of July. That's actually not true. I have no idea, but the point is, um, that would have been a very special time for me to shoot fireworks. Oh, that sounds so sexual. Uh, anyway, I, it didn't happen. It wasn't in the cards. So I think the same goes for New Year's. New Year's wasn't really my my jam either. I always found that those kinds of events that you have like a lot of pressure on you uh, to have a good time, they tend to like really, they tended to really stress me out a lot. Oh shit, actually I did have a thought. I did have a, a story that came up thinking about the 4th of July and sex. So I used to go to one of my mom's friends. I'm not going to mention who he is, but he's a high profile person that my mom met through volunteering and his family owns a major basketball team, like an NBA team in the Northeast. And they also own a bunch of 
television stations and you know other things like that they they own giant conglomerates but my mom's friend is the brother of the brother who actually runs the team he's a super nice dude and he you know is just a very caring person he likes to give back to the community so they would always have this fourth of july party and they would always invite all of their neighbors and they would also invite my mom and my mom would invite me or she'd bring me i should say and it was amazing because they always had this area where it was like open bar the entire place and they had a dancing area and uh, this one night that we went there i decided that i was actually going to stay which i had never done before i had always um, taking the car back with my mom or actually, no, that's not, is that true? Yeah. I think we would usually take the car back and then come all the way back the next day because they had a yacht and we would always go on the yacht on the 4th of July. They, they had three yachts that were all sailboats and they would pull all three yachts up next to each other and dock them so that you could go in between boats And they would just have like parties on the boats with like adults and their kids. It was very family friendly. It's not like what you're imagining uh, with like tech billionaires and, and models. It's more just like friends of this guy that was friends with my mom and their children. Anyway, the night of the 4th of July, I think I was 16 at this one. I ended up staying for the night. um, And I told my mom like, Hey, there's this guy here who lives right around the corner and he's my age. And he said like, I can just crash there. So I just got super drunk and was dancing with like this group of people. He was there and like a couple of his friends from the area were there as well. And one of the guys had a girlfriend and at one point in the night, she said, by the way, I was a virgin. I think I was still a virgin. I'm not sure. But she said to me, Uh, Actually, I was not a virgin. I think this was when I was 17. But she said to me that she wanted to have a threesome with her boyfriend and me. (laughs) And I've never really been into the idea of a two-guy, one-girl situation. I always thought that that would be like a little little awkward and really just like not enough. Uh, (laughs) There wouldn't be a good enough reason for me to be like, yeah, let's do that. So... Anyway, at one point in the night, we're all just super drunk and I am walking around this house trying to find where I'm supposed to sleep and I open up a door and this girl is just laying there butt naked and she looks at me and then I look at her and then I like start turning around because I'm like, yo, this is such a bad idea. This is just like this dude's girlfriend. So I turn around and as I'm turning around, I open up the door and I'm like walking out of the room. I see her boyfriend is like coming down the hall. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, thank God I just left this room. Because can you imagine how fucking weird that would have been if this dude came back, doesn't know me, I don't really know him or his girlfriend. And I'm just in a room. She was just butt naked. I was just in a room with her butt naked. And I just like immediately walk out of the room like, nope, not a good idea. And, uh, and yeah, we never talked about it luckily because I never really saw them again. We did, uh, actually I did text that dude a few times, but not about his his naked girlfriend. So yeah, um, that was the maybe the closest that I ever came to uh, having sex on the 4th of July, at least that I can remember. I'm sure, you know, for, I always treat the 4th like it's like a pretty normal day. Um, 
I mean, especially moving to Germany. But even before that, unless there was like an event like that happening, it was mostly just like a chill day where you just, you know, drink with your friends and do some outdoorsy stuff. And in the summertime, I used to do that a lot more. You know what I love about living in Germany, you guys? It's a lot different from the States in the sense that when I was living in New Jersey or New York, um, to go into nature was this like, it was a thing. It required a lot of thinking. It required preparation. It was costly. And, uh, you know, if I like think about where I could have gone, like from New York, by car, I should say, I could have gone upstate New York, but New York just has so many ticks and so much Lyme disease that that would have probably not been very appealing. And I could have gone to like Rhode Island, which I did one time. And you can go to, you can go to Long Island from New York. Um, but there's just, it's not very easy is what I'm trying to say. But living in Germany, it's super easy. Like going to Zexis's fights yesterday or two days ago, Saxony, Switzerland, it was so easy. I mean, we drove there. It was three hours by car, but I could have taken a train there and gone there in probably similar timing. And I probably could have easily gone to the campsite. If I had brought a bicycle, I could have brought it onto the train and then just ridden my bike to the campsite. So it is amazing in that way because Germany just like nature feels so accessible here. And, you know, I have like the big city life of living in Berlin, which is the capital. If you didn't know it, there's so much to do here. There's bars, clubs, restaurants, uh, museums. There's always events happening. But in addition to that, there's just so much nature nearby. There's lakes, there's, um, there's forests uh, and just tons of things to do um, if you're not a party person. So I think the quality of life here is better than anywhere else that I've been where you just have more variety than anywhere else I've been. And I think the public transit is really to thank for that. And even if I think about a place like another place in Europe could be like Italy, right? I could think about Italy right now and try to compare the two. Italy is super vibrant and obviously like a very warm place with the people being like so friendly in, in a lot of areas. But I think for me, at least part of the problem with Italy is that Italy does not seem to be like the chillest place. Obviously you can go to like really chill places um, if they're more remote, but I, I've been to Sicily, I've been to Rome, I've been to Milan and... I don't know if I've been anywhere else yet in, in Italy, but it just, to me, like Germany is this kind of like um, slept on place where a lot of Americans don't think about Germany when they think about places that they want to go on vacation. And so even though Berlin is like super busy at times, I live in this like little oasis, oasis in Berlin called Prenzlauer Berg, and it's just super chill. There's like a lot of families it's not too loud, um, but it's central. It's like a 15 minute walk to the middle of the city. And you can just go to any of these different neighborhoods and have a completely different Berlin experience. Like if you go to Kreuzberg or if you go to Neukölln, you can just like enjoy Berlin the way that you would probably imagine Berlin to be if you're not from here 
where you'd think like, uns, 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 yeah. But if you wanted to like experience it a little bit in a more chill way, you could go to like Prenzlauerberg. If you want to go super chill, you can go to Pankow. Um, yeah, and every area just has its own unique vibe to it. So I really appreciate that. And I think New York City could, you know, could have been a really sick place uh, if it was just easier to get places um, outside of the city. But the fact that Manhattan is literally an island with bridges, it does limit you quite a bit. And the public transit outside of New Jersey is kind of shit. I mean, getting to New Jersey is easy, which is super nice, but like, it's not like the train, it's not like there's trams everywhere, you know, there's buses and it just, it just doesn't feel like buses are made for the average person. In many cases, I used to see like riding the bus and taking public transit as like something that you did as a, as a last resort. Whereas in Germany, I know a lot of people that do it as, as the only thing that they would, um, the only way that they would get around if they lived in Berlin, they would never think of getting a car. So I think it's awesome and it makes life super cool. So yeah, I think I'm going to, um, probably go to the gym here in a little bit. I guess that's one of the cool things about not having anybody telling you what to do and where to be. I can just decide whenever I want that I'm going to go to the gym. So yeah, happy 4th of July if you're an American. Um, if you're not an American, again, enjoy this Tuesday. The weather right now is glorious in Berlin. Yesterday after work, I was supposed to go for a uh, 24-mile run over the weekend, but yesterday after work, I decided to go for it um, because I couldn't while I was camping. And then the 24-mile run turned into a marathon, so I ran a marathon after work. It took me like four and a half hours. I was definitely not trying to break any records. I was just trying not to die. And it was super beautiful. I, yeah, I mean, it was hard, <laughs> but it, it was definitely worthwhile. And it's just so easy uh, in Berlin to to see nature, even in the city. Like I, I ran about 15 minutes and to my normal place. And then within 30 minutes, I'm in nature, completely in nature. And I went a different route yesterday that brought me into more nature than I probably than I probably knew was north of me. It was like this big forest, like a nature preserve. And it was just very peaceful there. But the only problem is every time you try to pee, you just get swarmed by mosquitoes. So I end up looking like a ghostbuster with my, you know, I don't know what they call the ghost catching device but i'm literally just swinging my my penis around because like i'm getting like st stung by mosquitoes or whatever bitten by mosquitoes and i'm i'm literally just jumping up and down like a cowboy who's getting his feet shot at and swinging my penis because like i'm literally just trying to pee on mosquitoes as they're trying to attack me it gets really complicated but uh i made it out alive and uh i'm living to tell the tale now so there you go Anyway, guys, I hope that, uh, you know, the Lord treats you well, and thank you for, for tuning into this episode. It's great to have you here. Uh, if I don't know that you're listening because you're not my mom, it'd be cool if you just reach out and tell me that you're listening. I would love to know that. Um, 
but you obviously don't have to. And I hope that you get something out of every episode because, you know, I am spending 50 minutes usually per episode. It's not like I'm preparing though, but it is, it would be nice to know that the time that I'm spending, somebody's actually getting something out of it. Alrighty guys. Uh, oh yeah. One last thing that I wanted to mention. Um, I did have a guy reach out to me that he is interested in being a guest on the podcast. Uh, the thing that is a little bit challenging is that he, I don't really know him, which is, which is fine. Um, but it's just a little bit strange because he just reached out out of nowhere and he wants to come on here to talk about a book that he is launching. And, uh, I wasn't really, (laughs) I was kind of hoping more for people who were like psychopaths that wanted to come on and be like, you know, tell me war stories or, you know, time that they, uh, killed a man. But yeah, that unfortunately did not happen. It's only been a dude that uh, wants to promote his book, but I guess that's better than nobody that wants to promote their book, right? Alrighty. Anyway, guys, let's catch up in the next episode. Hopefully it's not too long before I'm putting that content out there. And uh, yeah, we'll talk then. Peace out. Peace out.